If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Oh, hi, everybody. Another week, another great episode in the can, as they in say. The can. <laughs> we got it in the can. In the can for us. Uh, you're just opening the can right now. <laughs> you're about to get in the can. Get on in the episodes here. Oh, God. And we are so excited for you to hear it. But before you hop on in that can, we got some <laughs> shout outs we got to do for our new patrons. We love them so goddamn much. And first up, we have a new champion for actors rights. He is the champion, my friends. Mm-hmm. And his name <laughs> is Guy Wunder or maybe Wonder. As we've stated before, pronunciations are not our strong suit. Maybe it's even a third third pronunciation that I didn't think of. Could be something else. Guy, we love you nonetheless (laughs) so much. (laughs) And next up, uh, our our newest vessel head, uh, come sail away, come sail away with us. (laughs) Killing it with these song references. This vessel head is Kristen Merritt, and we're so happy to have her aboard, sailing away with us. Welcome aboard. Wow. I mean, there's some, I'm desperately racking my brain for a song title to I do know, this I was with. trying to think for Tony. <laughs> put me on the spot, uh, baby. Gonna have to write one. I'm gonna have to write one. <laughs> I'm gonna have to write one. And, th- and if I were to write a song, the best possible lyrics would be these right here and they are the names of the new members of tony fucking collette's inner circle is there a song with circle mm-hmm. Sir- circle of, of love tony fucking collette's friends the tony tony collette's inner circle is, is terrible. the circle of life um Here's what it is. Here are these people who we love, and they're in the circle, and they are Aaron Edwards, Carol Patricia, Ashley Ayers, Patricia Montez, Ashley Lauderante, Alex Power, Elise, and Cody Bufudo. And to you all, may I say, I am sorry for the song, and we do so love and appreciate you unconditionally forever. Mm-hmm. Forever and ever. Um, a couple other people we love unconditionally forever and ever um, have upgraded this week. We got a couple of upgrades. Uh, Can you think of a song for upgrade? Um, <laughs> I cannot think of a song for upgrade. Sammy, can you? Mm, I can't. Uh, Fuck. Isn't there, that, isn't there like Beyonce? Upgrade. Is that Beyonce? Upgrade. Upgrade. Whatever. There's one of those. <laughs> no, that's not ringing. It. That's not ringing any bells. It's not ringing a bell for me, but it's certainly all we got. So we might as well go for it. <laughs> and I said the these upgrade. 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 These are these are the We're gonna hate listening to this again. We're gonna hate. Yes, but we have a rule that I'm just establishing right now, which is we can never redo one of these intros. We have never. What is upgrade you? It's a Beyonce song. 
Okay. Well, anyway, I was right. We've never redone one. We're never going to redo one. And so we just have to push forward no matter what we nonsense have to push has come out of our mouths. And um, this week it's the upgrades and Perfect. the two upgrades we have <laughs> are Alexis Bletcher. Not to be confused with Tina Belcher. And, Very close, but different. And Quinn Meadows. Thank you guys for upgrading. Also, we appreciate not it. Not to be confused with Tina Belcher. Also, not to be confused with Tina Belcher. Um, thank you guys so much. We love you forever. And if anyone else wants to get in on this sweet, sweet deal, head on over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash TSDW podcast. We have you get a cool shout out. Why wouldn't you want oh, who a really cool shout out? Who doesn't want that? That is professional <laughs> and concise. It is both of those things. It is for both sure. Those no question. No questions asked. We love you guys forever and enjoy this freaking episode. Enjoy. This is Emily. Henley and Sammy, and you're listening to Too Scary Didn't Watch. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Too Scary Didn't Watch, the horror movie recap podcast for those too scared to watch for themselves. I'm Emily, and I am too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Henley, and I'm also too scared to watch scary movies. I'm Sammy, and I like watching scary movies, so I watch them so that you don't have to, except for this week. Not this week, baby. We all watched it, but not, we're not going to talk about it yet. We won't tell you what it is. We won't tell you what it is. We won't tell you what it is. Don't look at the title. Don't look at the title. We're not telling you yet. We had one We had one woman one time uh, write to us that she listens to her podcasts on random in her car, so she really doesn't know what the episode is. And so any car listeners out Ooh. there, this suspense mm-hmm. is for you. Mm-hmm. We do this for you. We do this for you. Um, <laughs> for the car listeners, what is up with us? Other than the fact that you guys just watched me kill a mosquito with my bare hands yeah that was um, fucking cool that was badass pretty cool what else is up <laughs> you go ahead no you go sammy no you no <laughs> i have to think of something okay 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 um i have a movie that i edited coming out this Yay! one. Oh my god wait now's the time that i can talk about we can talk about Yeah, there is. It was just uh, announced today on the wrap. And listeners, the movie is called Attack of the Murder Hornets. Oh my God, can you even believe it? (laughs) Name a fucking cooler name than that. I don't think you can. You absolutely can't. (laughs) It is a documentary. It will be on Discovery Plus. Uh, Discovery Plus just launched in January, so I don't actually know anything about it. I don't know how much it is hopefully there's a free trial period and we can all get that sweet mm-hmm. free trial yes. and watch it and then cancel or support discovery i mean i think they've been pretty nice in my experience working with them Good to know. <laughs> but either way please watch it i worked really hard on it and so she did everybody so involved hard. it's why she was away in washington state in that big old house yep we lost our Sammy, L.A. lost our Sammy for months while she worked so hard on this freaking cool documentary about murder hornets. 
<laughs> Guys, I've had some honey from not the hornets, from bees in that area. Mm-hmm. Spo- spoiler alert, they're in the dock, and um, <laughs> that honey is good. Yeah, it's honestly, I don't think that I will buy honey from the store anymore. Buy honey from your local beekeepers. Mm-hmm. It's genuinely like so much better. It's, it's so, so good. good. The consistency is different. Everything, about, it's like, what even? Uh, there's no going back. It's worth it. And it like has the flavors of like your local uh, uh, plants. Uh, flora. Flora. Fa- it can fa- have like there's like. Fauna's the animals. It doesn't taste like animals. It maybe probably it wouldn't have any taste of the fauna, but. <laughs> but maybe the bee. Is the bee <laughs> a fauna? Yes, the bee's a fauna. The bee's okay. a fauna. Can I so. ask a question? This is this is a weird nitpicky question, but I feel like whenever I buy like local honey, it comes in a jar and that I have to use a spoon to extract the honey from. And I just got to say, I strongly prefer a squeezy bottle for the honey. Oh. It really well, makes you know- a difference. You know, uh, the I mean, this is in Washington, so I don't know about down here, but the people that we bought them from, they have they have a squeezy bear, the nostalgic bear they call it. I need that squeezy. So you bear. just gotta find you gotta you find, just gotta the, find right- the, the bear. I will say that the the one that that I have have eaten from the from the bees from the dock, famous bees, is in a jar. But the consistency, it's not it's not really squeezable. You you wanna spread it. I think mm. there's spreadable honey. There's there's honey to be spread and there's honey to be squeezed. Got it. You got a creamed honey. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Creamed. So it's honey. a little different. It's a little different. They have all different kinds. This is sponsored by honey. <laughs> sponsored by the bees. We, we love the bees. We love this dock. I, I, I've seen a version of the dock. I don't mm-hmm. know. This it, it will be different. The final what, what yeah. ends up on Discovery. But it's so fucking good. Sammy is such a good editor. She's so good at what she does. A do- and a, a documentary editor. I mean, you make that fucking move. Like, uh, you, I know. It's you, you so much of it story. is in the editor's hands. It's incredible. It's, and it's um, fun. We're just we're we're all I know uh, everyone here listening right now. We're all so proud of our Sammy. And we're so excited to see this documentary. And it's fucking cool. It's about murder hornets. The thing we all are desperate to know more about. God, it's cool. When does it come out, Sammy? February 20th on Discovery Plus. It's soon. It's soon. Happy Valentine's Day to us. I know. Uh What a Valentine's Day treat. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm so excited. And I'm so proud of you, Sammy. Thank you, guys. What's up with you guys? Emily, you go. What happened to you this week? Wow. Um, nothing. Um, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, so I have, I have, we haven't done this in a while, but like earlier in the pandemic, um, Joel and I would do like little theme nights mm. um, every so often because, you know, we're not, there's nothing going on. And we had talked for a while about doing this, a particular theme night that we just never got around to. And then we both had sort of like just long kind of crappy weeks last week. He had a, a work stuff and like the shutdown ended. So I went back to work, which is kind of a good thing, but also kind of a bad thing because people are still dying a lot and it's weird. But so it was like a long week. So we decided it was time to do this particular theme night, which was dive bar night. Oh, so and fun. I highly recommend, listeners, I highly recommend Dive Bar Night. I recommend Dive Bar Night. I recommend Rain Day. Um, but, uh, rain Day sounds perfect to follow Dive Bar Night. Uh, you know mm-hmm. what? It's a great one to punch. Um, <laughs> dive Bar Night is pretty simple. We just played like 
Led Zeppelin and other like similar air like Bruce Springsteen <laughs> and um and d- took whiskey shots and drank beer and ate fried food and it fucking ruled. And we felt very bad afterwards because I haven't had like a night full of fried food in a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it was great and and it's fun because if you're like this is a thing I'm eating bad food and sh- and taking shots in my own home because it's a thing mm-hmm. and anyway mm-hmm. it was just really fun I it looked really it. fun we had a great it, time it looked really fun and you're leaving out one of the most impressive parts which is that Joel himself was the chef and like hand fried the chef did the full frying on all of these different things did the mozzarella sticks did the chicken fingers made f- homemade french fries i was so impressed and homemade ranch homemade, homemade ranch, ranch. It's, it's probably the it most important quite, part was quite impressive and very good mm. it was mm-hmm. very good um so whether you're making it yourself whether you're ordering from your favorite local dive bar which we did consider and might do it at another time um, I like a theme night, especially during quarantine. It's just a fun way to be like, hey, tonight's a little bit different. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we did that this week and it was it was quite, quite a nice time. Oh, it sounds um, wonderful. Henley? It does sound wonderful. Um, Henley, well, you're up. I, you're up. It's happened. I don't leave my house, as everyone knows. Um, I especially didn't this week because New York had a big old snowstorm. Mm-hmm. Um, a big one. A big guy. It started snowing on Sunday night and it snowed straight through Tuesday and we got almost two feet of snow. Wow. Um, that is so wild. I know. And it was really, it was, it was, you know, I so I went out um I went out once during the snowstorm to go to the grocery store and I was like, this is a mistake because the wind was blowing <laughs> so hard. I couldn't see anything and it was like extremely dangerous to be walking, but I needed to go to the grocery store. So I went out then and then a couple days later, after things had calmed down a little bit, I went out to the park and it was really cute to see all the kids sledding like every single kid in new york city was like outside sledding if they could be because like they're all trapped in their apartments they don't have anything to do talk about a theme night i know talk about a theme (laughs) night um and so i you know i haven't been doing much but i did also want to say that i watched the two euphoria specials that came out how are they i haven't watched them yet i really enjoyed them um so i don't know did you guys watch euphoria the series yeah i did not but perhaps i should honestly emily i think i think you'll really like it um yeah i loved it i loved it and they were about to start shooting season two when covid hit and so then instead they rewrote and made these two specials um one each of oh, them instead are, of a full season well they're gonna do another full season but they did these two as kind of an in-between because um for like covid protocols it was easier to do just like two actors in a room basically and oh, so wow. the first one is rue and her sponsor talking in a diner and it's just oh, like an I love hour him. I love he's him too. Like, he's he's um he's in if Beale Street could talk and what was he just in that I just watched? Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He is so Emily's favorite quality, watchable. I mm-hmm. think he's like so great. 
Well, I can't you remember have his to name. Be, I'm sorry. I can't remember his name either. In the show, it's Ali. Um, but you have to be in order to pull these specials off because it's literally just them talking. It's just it's like a, a conversation. Mm. It felt like a really good play. It felt like watching a oh, really good play. It. Yeah. And I was sobbing by the end of it. You won't Whoa. be surprised. Um, by the end I of mean, that episode, I was. I also cried during the next one, which is Jules, Jules yeah. talking to her therapist. Dang, these sound intense. Ooh, I'm excited. Maybe I'll watch one tonight. Ooh, it's really good, Sammy. You're gonna, I th- I'm excited to hear what, how you, what you think about them. Listeners know I love to cry. <laughs> I know. Well, you will cry. I cried so much. The thing that's cool about the Jules episode is that Hunter Schaefer was really involved in writing it and producing it. Mm, and cool. so um, it comes from like a very personal perspective. And then also she's like a very, there's like a cool after the episode look. And she talks about how she's a very visual person. And so at, in this episode, there are a lot more like intense visual things that happen, mm. unlike in the Rue one, um, which were very compelling. And I was totally down for and i can't wait to hear what you think sammy and emily can't wait for you to watch so we can talk about it as well i'm sold okay well, i'm pretty deep into exclusively riverdale so we'll see if I, my brain can handle it. Uh, <laughs> euphoria is a completely a different shift. teen teen drama tone interesting interesting <laughs> Okay, can it be done? I don't know. (laughs) Can any other show be good? I don't know. All right. We have kept our car listeners specifically (laughs) in suspense for long enough. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Here we go. to tell them what movie we are doing this week. And it is an exciting one. Mm -hmm. This week, we will be talking about Get Out. Written and directed by Jordan Peele, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Allison Williams, Bradley Whitford, Catherine Keener, Lil Ray Howery, and Caleb Landry Jones. And boy, oh boy, what a great movie. I'm so happy that we're doing this movie. I'm so happy that I rewatched it. I, this movie is so good. It's so good. This movie is so good. Okay, I am so excited. Okay, I'm... (laughs) I'm getting overwhelmed. I don't know why. I'm just really excited that we're doing this movie. I am also... So I was thinking about doing this movie today, and I didn't watch scary movies before this movie came out. Mm -hmm. In fact, when it first came out, I put off watching it for a really long time, because I was like, I'm going to be too scared. But then it it was became apparent that it was too important of a movie to not watch. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think we didn't want to do this movie for a long time on the podcast because it feels like everyone has seen it. Uh, It's like so... I can't remember a time before Get Out was an important movie right. um, even though it only came out in 2017 which is crazy to me because it feels like it's it's been around forever in this weird way now but then I also got very nervous to do it when I was thinking about it today because it is so important and because I am very much a white lady in the world all of us are all, all of us are very, us are. very intensely <laughs> yeah. white ladies in the world um, uh-huh. my, my whole my life I've lived my lived experience is that of a white lady mm-hmm. very much so and and so we are doing this movie because we love this movie and we're very excited to do this movie. And also that is the the only perspective we are able to offer firsthand of this movie. Mm-hmm. I just felt the need to say that. And yes. deep, un- unfortunately, we are that Allison Williams. <laughs> we so are. And you know what? We'll get, I mean, we'll get there. We're obviously going to recap the movie. That's what we do. But... Something about rewatching this movie in this moment 
especially knowing how it ends and not being scared and being able to like really take it in. It affected me differently for for many reasons, but mainly a big one was like, yeah, we are her and there is (laughs) we'll get there. But this movie isn't meant to make you feel comfortable and it definitely achieves that goal. Mm -hmm. And I'm not proud to be her, but I am (laughs) her. (laughs) Um, well you know there's some stuff that I'm not but anyway (laughs) I was gonna um, say I'm not totally -er. (laughs) I hope not Um, (laughs) no don't worry Um, and I don't have a secret basement don't even try to come look Um, but also man aside from just how important it is you can't really extract one from the other but this movie is just so fucking good. I think that's what made it such like this huge moment in not just horror cinema, cinema. It, it's like this movie is going to be taught in film school forever for the rest of time. Mm. And it's because like, yeah, not only is it is like the message, the writing, like everything is so is so good. And like the meaning of it is so important. But exactly that. It's also just like so good every piece of it yeah agreed and obviously you know it's jordan peele who is known for being a comedian and so one of the things that makes the movie so good is it's fucking hilarious like mm-hmm. there are parts that are it very breaks funny attention at all the right moments it is so well written it yeah that was another crazy thing about rewatching and like looking up trivia and stuff today of just thinking about because again it this was only in 2017, and at that moment, this was the first thing Jordan Peele had directed. He was known as, like, this comedy guy from Key and Peele, and, which is also fucking great. But now, because of Get Out, I think of him as a director, as an incredible He's directed other projects. He, mm-hmm. So it's, it's so interesting to look back at, at, like, watch now looking back in time, mm-hmm. um, because he is clearly such an incredible director but this was this like very uh surprising moment at the time hello fellow cocktail drinkers this week we will be making a flash cocktail for reasons you will soon discover after listening to our recap the ingredients in a flash are one and a half ounces gin, one ounce fresh lemon juice, 0.75 ounces simple syrup, two slices peeled kiwi, and two slices peeled cucumber. In a shaker, muddle the kiwi and cucumber with lemon juice. Add your gin, simple syrup, and ice. Shake well to combine. Fine strain into a glass and garnish with a thin slice of kiwi. Cheers. Um, should we get into some trivia? Let's do the trivia. Well, first, I'll also say that it is streaming on FX if you have a cable login or it's available to rent for three ninety nine. Uh, it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, an 85% on Metacritic and a 7.7 on IMDb, which is pretty good for IMDb. IMDb always like ranks things the lowest, <laughs> I feel like, because there's so many. That's like where trolls go to rate stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> trolls. Uh, oh, the budget was four point five million. It made two hundred and fifty five million. Ooh. Big commercial success. And it was nominated for four Oscars, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Screenplay and Best Actor. And it won Best Screenplay. Um, as we know, horror is 
not very normally recognized at the Oscars. So it's, um, I think it's the only ones that have ever been nominated are The Exorcist, Jaws, Silence of the Lambs, The Sixth Sense, and Black Swan. So, Hmm. And uh, Daniel Kaluuya was given the lead role on the spot after nailing his audition. I believe that. And Mm -hmm. Jordan Peele said that um, they did the scene in which he is being hypnotized and crying and like si- like silent tears falling out of his eyes. And he said, each so take was good. so perfect. And the single tear came at the exact same time for each take, which I don't know how the fuck you do, do you do that? <laughs> but these are real tears coming out of his eyes. Um, just another piece of trivia, which is fun, is that they were going to shoot it in California, but they lost out on the California tax rebate. So they had to shoot it in Fairhope, Alabama, which I've like never heard of any production shooting in Alabama before, right. but I guess that's a thing. And it was after they started filming after Trump won. Yeah. Which and is so, an oof. insane context in which to shoot this particular movie in right. Alabama. Yeah. So there's a fun right. oral history on Vulture where yes, they talk a little bit about that. Yeah. And they say like, at first, it was a little frightening because there are Confederate flags everywhere and Trump signs everywhere. But then also Jordan Peele says that, like, it defied a lot of their stereotypes and a lot of everyone they met there was very open and kind. Um, I, Southerners so. are really nice. I, yeah. I lived in the South for four years and I did really like a lot of it. Um, it's, com- it's complicated. It's a complicated place. I'm sure there are a lot of people who are not nice, but um, they yes. had a good experience. And there, there are a lot of people anyway. who are nice and also <laughs> racist. Yeah. Um, yes. That is, they can be kind to you and also a racist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it's one of those, you, you love when you watch a movie and it, you're, you're like, this movie's great. And you know that it's great to know that a movie is great and then to rewatch it and have it surpass how great you thought it was. That is that never happens. It's the screenplay really is like perfect. There's like not a wasted line. Like it's a great movie to rewatch because of how much everything is foreshadowing. Like nothing is just everything. like a thrown in line. So like absolutely if you haven't seen this movie twice, you need to watch it again. Like it's yeah. it's a, it must be viewed twice at least. Um, mm. ch- I, I remember when this happened, Chance the Rapper loved it so much that he bought all of the tickets to a, sh- a theater in Chicago just I so people could that. go see it for free. I haven't thought about Chance the Rapper in a while. I love Chance the Rapper. Yeah, what's he up to? What's he up to? He quarantining <laughs> in like the how we all are, probably. I've never felt more connected to Chance the Rapper. <laughs> We're doing the same thing. Um, and then I, I thought this was interesting the composer, this was his first score. It's a great score. Mm, and um, the main theme is called Sikiliza Kwa Wahenga. It's sung in Swahili with the exception of the English word brother, a word which composer Michael Ab- Abels felt had a special universal meaning among black people that did not need translation. Mm. And according to Abels, the voices in the song represent the souls of black slaves and lynching vic- victims trying to warn Chris to get away. The translation of the lyrics is brother run, listen to the elders, listen to the truth, run away, save yourself. Oh my god, that gave me Damn. chills. That song is I'm assuming that's the song that is played mm-hmm. in the yeah, like it, during it, the title beginning and yeah. then at the end as well. Yeah. Because it is 
I'm glad you looked that up because I had meant to look it up because that song is like you. It, 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 obviously, I, I didn't know the words until you just said them, but you like feel it, and it is. It's a great, yeah. It's a very great song. good. Mm. All right, let's watch this trailer. Let's watch a trailer. You got your toothbrush. Check. Do you have your deodorant? Check. Do you have your cozy clothes? Got that. What? Do they know I'm black? Should they? You might wanna, you know. Mom and Dad, my black boyfriend will be coming up this weekend. I just don't want you to be shocked that he's a black man. <laughs> I ain't never seen you like this before, bro. Meeting families, taking road trips. Don't come back all bougie, man. Come back, get your damn pants up to your damn stomach. <laughs> <laughs> So you guys coming up from the city? Yeah, we're just heading up for the weekend. Can I see your license, please? He wasn't driving. I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. Call me Dean and you're hungry, my man. So how long has this been going on, this, this thing? <laughs> <laughs> we hired Georgina and Walter to help care for my parents. When they died, I couldn't bear to let them go. smoke in front of my daughter i'm gonna quit she can take care of that for you how hypnosis i'm good actually are you ready for this i'm back in the so look i go do my research apparently a whole bunch of brothers been missing in this suburb but it's cool bro how are you not scared of this man couldn't see no brother around here chris was just telling me how he felt much more comfortable with my being here Get out. Sorry, man. Get out! Yo! <laughs> Rose, we gotta go. Is everything okay? Rose, the keys. Just get the keys. I don't know where they are. Rose! Sink into the floor. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. Mom, it's a terrible thing to waste. Terrible thing to waste. Too many white people are getting nervous. <laughs> no. No. No, 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 no. A mind is a terrible thing to waste. Uh, it's Jordan Peele's voice saying a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Cool. Um, I will say, that's a good trailer. It's hard for me to uh parse out having like knowing the movie i i think this is a movie that is best to go in blind i 100 percent agree i feel like that trailer don't watch the trailer if you haven't seen the movie do not do that to yourself but do listen to us tell you <laughs> it just, i mean yeah i guess that's true it is i mean it it, it would make me want to watch the movie but i'm so when i think the first time i saw this movie i had no idea what it was gonna be and i'm so glad that i didn't because it's such a fascinating reveal like it's 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 like uh, uh, the way they like unroll it bit by bit is so wonderful oh my god okay should we just fucking get into it let's get into it it's the bleakest time of the year so you know what that means we deserve to get cozy on the couch rewatch our favorite tiktok videos and drink a goddamn glass of wine if you ever struggle to pick out the right bottle you will love our next sponsor naked wines Did you know that when you buy wine today, most of the money goes to things like 
fancy packaging, big budget marketing campaigns, and tax? That is crazy. Naked Wines is a subscription service that seamlessly connects you to the finest independent winemakers on the planet, so you get a box of the market's best quality wines however often you'd like for a fraction of the price. And hold on to your butts, you guys, because the deal they have for you is insane. Just wait. So how do they do it? Naked Wines connects winemakers and wine drinkers directly, allowing for vineyard-to-door delivery at up to 60% off what you would normally pay in a store. By cutting out the traditional retail middleman costs and markups, winemakers can pass those savings on to you without skimping on quality. I can't stop talking about Naked Wines. I love that their quiz matches you with bottles that you love, and each shipment includes wines they recommend based on your previous ratings. I'm currently loving their organic options, especially the Chris Condos Cabernet from Mendocino County, and they've been around for 10 years, and they fund over 90 independent winemakers. So with no commitments or membership fees, you can enjoy Naked Wines hassle-free. And the best part, every bottle is a passion project from an independent winemaker, so you're literally making an independent winemaker's dream come true. So head to nakedwines.com slash too scary and enter voucher in the top right when you get to the website and put in too scary for both the code and password to get six bottles of wine for just $39.99 with shipping included. That's $100 off and less than $7 per bottle. So that's nakedwines.com slash too scary and use the code and password too scary and grab six bottles for just $39.99. One last time, that's nakedwines.com slash too scary code and password too scary for $100 off your first six bottles. There's something magical about unboxing. When you unbox BritBox, you uncover a world of British entertainment. Stream the UK's most brilliant series, including new and upcoming seasons of Shetland, Father Brown and Death in Paradise. Plus new originals like Payback, Irving Welsh's Crime and Archie, the story of Hollywood's greatest leading man, Cary Grant. Unbox BritBox and escape to the best of British TV. Stream with a free trial at BritBox.com. Yeah. Okay, so... Movie starts out and we see uh, a man, uh, a, a Lakeith Stanfield. This is the first time I've seen Lakeith Stanfield in anything. And I fucking love him. I love him, too. <laughs> I he some, love uh, him. He has some erratic Instagram activity. I don't know if oh, you guys really? follow him. Oh, really? No, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> yeah, you got to check that out. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> we see him. Uh, he's on his cell phone. He's walking through a what appears to be a suburban neighborhood. It's nighttime. He says on the phone that he's lost. He's talking to his friend and like, I got to get out of this fucking suburb. I'm like the only person here who looks like me. He is black. Uh, and he is saying like, man, why would they put like main street next to main way? Or like, why wouldn't they? Anyway, he's lost walking around. I love it. It's already like making like white people's area is like the scary place. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And they do it so effectively. Mm-hmm. It's like modeled. It, the street is like basically the street from Halloween. This is like mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. all horror movies take place that is supposed to usually be like, home sweet home. And like, yeah, he's the scared. Nice place to be. He's scared right off the bat. He's like, fuck, this place is creepy as hell. Well, like, <laughs> he immediately knows I shouldn't be here. Like, I right. like uh, it is uncomfortable for me to be here. And I feel like this is a bad idea. Right. Um, he hangs at the phone. Turns a corner, we see, and he sees a like white car um, pull up behind him, driving slowly, 
And he's immediately like, nope, 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 not going to don't want to deal with this tonight. I think he even says like, nope, not me, not tonight. Nope. Mm -hmm. Um, And we see the car pull over and park. So he's like, nope, I'm going to go back the way I came. Turns the corner, goes, tries to go back down the street. Turns around, sees that the car door is open. The driver's side door is open. Brings his head back around. The dude's fucking right there. A dude in a mask. Hits him over the head. Like, choke holds him, knocks him out, and then just drags him and throws him in the trunk of the car. This is while the song Run, Rabbit, Run is playing in the background, Mm -hmm. which is this, like, creepy song from, like, World War II that is just the epitome of like a creepy white person song yeah very like old timey uh yeah creepy white person song it's absolutely what it is cut to um we're inside of an apartment we're seeing these uh black and white photographs on the walls uh stay woke is playing um it made me it it was like i remember the exact moment this song came out um (laughs) And we see that this is Chris's apartment. Chris is our protagonist, Daniel Kaluuya. Uh, he is a photographer, so these are his photos on the wall. He is shaving, getting himself ready, uh, packing up a bag. Uh, his meanwhile is girlfriend, Allison Williams. Her character name is Rose. She's stopping by a bakery, coming over to see him. Uh, she knocks on the door. He opens it. They kiss. They're clearly they're just a sweet couple um very into each other we learn that he is packing to go stay at rose's family's house it's the first time he is meeting the parents and as he is packing she's like sitting with his dog sid on the couch and realizes that he's like did you bring your toothbrush bring your deodorant and he seems a little off she's like okay what's what's going on and he says does your family know that i'm black and she sort of makes light. She says no. And then sort of makes light of it. Like, oh, what, you know, as if he's being silly and sort of overly concerned. Right. Like as if racism doesn't exist. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> I, why would I tell them that you're black? And he says, well, you, you know, you're the first, you said I'm the first black I've ever dated. And, you know, it might be a thing. You're bringing me home to your parents. I don't, you know, not going to be what they expect. She says, you know, they are not racist. My family is not racist. My dad would have voted for Obama a third time if he could have. And, you know, <laughs> Which I only is say iconic, that. Iconic, iconic line at this point. <laughs> um, and she's like, you know, I only say, she's sort of joking. She gets like, I only say that because he will absolutely tell you and it's going to be annoying. You know, they're like, a, they're a lame parents, but they're definitely not racist. Um, I'm, you know, I wouldn't bring you home if that were the case. They kiss, they sort of reconcile their, you know. Uh, just a, a nice couple. She and said this- something that made me really cringe. Where she, where she goes, um, yeah, my dad would have voted for Obama for a third time. The love is so real. The Oof. love is so real, and I was just like, oh. Like, <laughs> I will so say, gross. rewatching again, knowing again, knowing how this movie ends. This moment in particular, there are several moments in rewatching where I was like, oh my god, I want to leave my skin. Um, yeah. This was one where I was like, oh, oh. No, like um, this is every liberal white person on the face of the planet. Um, Mm -hmm. And I include myself in that. And it is 
uncomfortable to watch a person be like, it's fine. We're not racist. We liked Obama. <laughs> you, you are silly for thinking there would even be an issue because right. we're all good. Everything's fine. We are not like that. We call that gaslighting. We call that <laughs> gaslighting. We also call that fucking stupidity because um, we are not post-racial anyway. They start to drive. They're going. They they live in New York City. We learn they're driving like to I don't know where do rich New York people live outside of the city? Westchester. Okay, Westchester. I don't know. They're driving to sort of the country outside of New York City. Chris calls his friend Rod, um, who is watching their dog or Chris's dog while they're gone. Talking to Rod. Uh, it's it's fun. Rod's funny. He's like sort of poking fun at him for going home to visit the white. The white girlfriend's parents. There's like a little flirtation back and forth with Rod and Rose. Sort of makes fun of him. Um, they he hangs up on Rod, and they Im- almost immediately uh, hit a deer. The deer like flies. It flies like lunges out of the woods at their car. It's a big old jump scare. Huge jump scare because they're having like a little fun flirty moment, joking about Rod. So they like pull over. They're both very shaken up. We hear the deer kind of moaning um, in the, off in the woods. So Chris gets out of the car to, to go check on it. And we see him just sort of staring at it in the woods. Uh, cut to Rose has called the, like, cops, the highway patrol. And he's sort of explaining to her, you know, normally you should call animal control. You know, everything's fine. Uh, the cop, he, he's a white cop, uh, then asks, Rose was driving, by the way, um, the car. Mm-hmm. The cop asks, looks at Chris and asks to see his ID. And Rose immediately gets pissed and asks, like, why? He wasn't driving. And the cop says, I didn't ask who was driving. I asked to see his ID. And she's like, that's bullshit. You don't, why would you need to see his ID? Uh, and sort of, you know, as rightly calls out, essentially, that he is being racist and wanting to see the black man's ID for no reason. Mm-hmm. Cop drops it and is like, all right back on the road um they get back in the car and and chris is like pleased he's like that was hot it's like sort of a and she's like no one's gonna no one's gonna mess with my man i think is like exactly the word she uses <laughs> um we're establishing that they're like you know they're a nice couple mm-hmm. uh they pull up then to the house it is a big old house they're rich uh, it's a big house. As they pull up, we see the groundskeeper she, and Rose addresses. She's like, oh, that's our groundskeeper. He is also black. Uh, they come up to the door. The parents come out that we see. We're like sort of at a, a bit of a distance from them, but we see they're very affectionate. This is a lovely family. They immediately grab them. The dad that's Dean is the dad and Missy um, calling out for our dear friend, Sammy, that the dad is Bradley Whitford. And honestly, mm-hmm. looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Hot dad alert. Hot dad, hot dad alert. Uh, <laughs> and he immediately is like, oh, we, hu- we hug here. They're like that kind of family. Hugs them. Uh, come on in. Bradley Whitford is immediately also like being like, my man. My man. <laughs> hey, oh, this is my guy. Hey, my man. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like they're huge. He's huge, huge over the top. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, very, you know, very friendly, welcoming. Um, they walk in the house and learn they, you know, Rose tells them, yeah, we hit a deer on our way up. And Dean immediately goes off about ah, 
good for you, dear. There, I, you know, there's too many of them. I say, and uh, just like being a, a very classic, like dad, he's on, like a dad who's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he asks, you know, how how long has this been going on? This this little thing to he's, you? He how, says this thing. He's how, like, how long is this thing? <laughs> like he's like standing, like lean. He's being. Weird. He's behaving as not himself. He's like clearly acting differently because Chris is black. And everyone can feel it. And and in fact, Alison Williams even said, or Rose, at one point, she's like, does he, like jokingly, they're all like friendly, but she's like, does he have an off switch? Like he's being a lot. Yeah. Um, we learn they've been together five months. Dean asks if he can give a tour of the house. So he gives a tour to Chris. And so... We walk through, we first see Missy's office. She is a psychiatrist and she takes uh, her uh, patients in the house, just her sessions in uh, a room in the house. We look at some family photos. We see that Rose has a brother named Jeremy. I mean, we're getting the impression that Dean is, again, I wrote classic white liberal. (laughs) Um, Yeah, very much. He is like very cool with the fact that his daughter's dating a black man. Like he thinks it's great. That kind of vibe of like me, I wouldn't even care. Why am I drawing attention to it? But because of how much I don't care and think it's great. (laughs) Um, He's looking at some photos on the wall of his his father, who was a track runner, Mm -hmm. made it to the Olympics. And he's like, my dad's pride and joy. It was a historic year, the Berlin Olympics. Jesse Owens uh, won. And so Dean is going off about like, it was so great. We had Hitler over here promoting his Aryan race and then a black man wins. And it's just amazing. It just is so wonderful. It's great. Uh, my dad, you know, he didn't win. He never got over it. Ha ha ha. Um, again, just being like, I'm co- I hate Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I think Hitler is bad. We take the tour leads us to the kitchen where we see um there he passes the basement and says Oh yes. The basement's sealed off. We have found some black mold mm-hmm. down there. So there is a basement, but don't worry, we'll never go there. Mark, mark your bingos, everyone. Uh then we walk past the kitchen and we meet um their sort of housekeeper. Her name is Georgina. She is also black. She both of them. Walter is the name of the groundskeeper. Yep. They're both like young. Um, mm-hmm. I would say thirties ish. Mm-hmm. And she's sort of like just standing there, smiling. Um, very like Stepford Wivey, almost very like, Stepford Wivey. Just like yeah, like hi, big smile, uh, like, hair, just like mm, mm-hmm. hello. You know, Chris obviously clocks it. Um, so like says hello to her. They walk outside. Uh, their tour ends at this gazebo on their property. As they're walking out to the prop, uh, the gazebo, Dean says, yeah, you know, the nearest house is all the way across the lake. We have total privacy here. Uh, and then he says to Chris, look, I I know how it looks. Uh, white family, black servants. Those are the words he uses. Um, and he's like, you know, and Chris says, I wasn't going to go there. And Dean says, yeah, you know, I, I have to. We hired... Walter and Georgina to look after my parents as they were aging and, and dying. And when my parents died. We just they didn't have it in me to let them go. So we keep them around. And then he says, I hate the way that it looks. And that was a line that to me in fucking 2021 <laughs> hit me good. Um, <laughs> I hate the way that it looks. Mm-hmm. Ugh, there is so much in that fucking line 
And, th- and, and then I think he quickly follows it up with, by the way, I would have voted for Obama <laughs> for a third time if I could have. Yep, he fucking <laughs> sinks that line. Um, and so then we cut to uh, the, the four of them are having iced tea in the gazebo and sort of getting to know each other. Uh, the mother is sort of stirring her iced tea with a little spoon, taps her spoon on the glass. We like t- zero in on her tap and little spoon on the glass. And we see that Chris, oh, on the way in, Chris, on the drive in, Chris had gone to smoke a cigarette and Rose takes it from him and tosses it out the window. It was like, you're not, I hate this disgusting habit. You're not going to smoke. So Chris now sitting with uh, in the gazebo drinking the tea, it gets sort of fidgety, like his hand sort of starts uh, making little fidgety motions. Missy clocks it and says, uh, or one, I think maybe Dean is like, oh, you want, you want a cigarette right now, don't you? Mm-hmm. He's like, mm, try, I'm trying to quit. Yes, you caught me. I'm a smoker. I'm trying to quit. And uh, Dean says, well, Missy can hypnotize you and she'll, she'll get that habit right out of you. He's like, I used to be a smoker 15 years. Now, one session with her, the thought of a cigarette makes me want to vomit. And Chris is sort of like, oh, yeah, no, thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm good, actually. I, I'm good. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to quit. But yeah, no, I don't I don't I don't want to do that. We also learn in this conversation they're asking him about his parents. We learn his dad's not really in the picture and that his mom died when he was 11 in a hit and run. Mm-hmm. He does. But clearly doesn't really want to talk about it. Obviously, that's deeply traumatic. And these people are strangers. Um <laughs> We learn then that this weekend that they are there is the weekend of the big get together. Um, uh, that's this which, weekend? That's Rose was like, that's this weekend? I didn't. Oh, I thought we were just going to have a chill weekend here at the house. And they're like, it's the same date every year. <laughs> it is a party that they used to throw. It was the, uh, the grandfather's party. It was Dean's dad's party. They threw every year. They, you know, play outdoor games and all their friends come and they just sort of kept the tradition up after his dad passed. And um, as they're sort of talking about this, Georgina is pouring them, refreshing their glasses and pouring them more tea. And we see on her face that she sort of goes into a bit of a trance, it looks like. She sort of is like checks out and is pouring the tea and sort of keeps pouring and almost spills a bunch and sort of like snaps too. And Missy says, Georgina, you seem tired. Maybe you should go take a rest. And Georgina sort of like comes back to herself and is like, yes, hmm, yes, I, I, I think that I will do that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's strange. Yeah, we're clocking that it's strange. Yeah, Chris, Chris is like is clocking that it's definitely strange. looking around like what the fuck. Yeah, like people um, aren't acting normal. <laughs> people are acting normal, and specifically, the only other black people in this house are not acting normal. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Jeremy, our younger brother, arrives, and uh, we cut to a big family dinner. Jeremy, uh, what's this actor's name? Caleb Landry Jones. Caleb Landry Jones. God, he's so fucked. Everyone's good in this movie, but man, he's good. 
just perfectly cast. Perfectly cast. Perfectly cast. This was a big year for Caleb Landry Jones. He was also in the Twin Peaks revival and Three Billboards out of Ebbing, Missouri. (laughs) Big year for Caleb Landry Jones. And I feel like I haven't like seen him in anything since. That's like why I bring it up because I was like. That's true. He did sort of burst on the scene and then (laughs) it's like, what's he doing? At one time and then. He is alarmingly specific. So I do wonder. Yeah, that's true. He's but he's great in this. Um. So they have a they have a family dinner. They're all you know they're all sitting around the table joking, telling stories about high school and making fun of Rose. Um, Jeremy sort of got the focus. He keeps telling stories about her and her old boyfriends and sort of you know poking fun at his sister in front of her new boyfriend. We're all having a great time. Then things he's clearly getting drunk. The brother of Jeremy and. The conversation sort of shifts a a bit. Missy goes in the kitchen to get the dessert and Dean asks, you know, hey, so uh, what's your your sport? Uh, Baseball, uh, football. And he says, oh, basketball. And Jeremy asks, do you like MMA? He like leans on the table. Do you like MMA? (laughs) Uh, And Chris is like, nah, no, that's sort of too balanced for me. He says, with your frame and genetic makeup, if you... If you got really like, like committed yourself your to it, if you really pushed your body, you you would be you could be incredible. <laughs> uh, and and then he starts to be like, do what about jujitsu? Do you ever do jujitsu? It's all about being three steps ahead and like just to start again, like very weird. <laughs> and everyone is clocking it. And at, like Rose and Dean are sort of like, hey, man, she's sort of calm down. I think Dean even says like, hey. Jeremy, why don't you let somebody else have the floor? And that like makes Jeremy mad a bit. Like makes him it, mad. it like feels like we're like teeter on the edge of like a a bit of a blow up moment. Like everyone's kind of walking on eggshells. Energy shells. is unstable. Yeah, yeah we we're feeling an unstable energy from him. He gets up, goes to like go behind Chris and sort of try to like you know start wrestling him. And uh, as that's happening, Misty comes back in with the dessert, sort of. We sort of ease that tension a bit. We get Jeremy back to his seat. Um, it's just a te- the dinner becomes tense. I think Chris says something like, hey, you know, I don't like fake wrestle with with a with drunk people. And so then that, that night, Rose is like brushing her teeth up in the room with Chris and starts complaining about her family. And it's just like they were everyone was so weird. What was that shit with my brother trying to fucking fight you he's never been like that with another boyfriend my dad saying my man my man my man he never <laughs> talks like that and she says they're the same like how are they any different than that fucking cop like they're all they were being so fucking weird right and chris is like i didn't want to say it but i i told you like i fucking told you right and Rose is so embarrassed and she apologizes to him and, and he's like, it's no, you know what? It don't. Why are you apologizing? Don't apologize. He's, a, you know, compensating for her white fragility and, and being like, I'm used to this. I knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I'm like fucking braced for it. You're you didn't know it was going to be this way because this isn't your lived experience, but it's fine. Um, and <laughs> also, you know, there he they love each other and he's like you know he says i don't know they're like they have a nice moment they sort of like yeah uh he's okay with it he's okay that she didn't know it was going to be this way and she apologizes like this party is going to be 
bad. You're right. And they're she all, says, she's like, like, they're all so white. They're so white. <laughs> uh, and again, he's like, yeah, mm-hmm, uh, of course. Uh, but it is what it is. I'm fine. It's going to be fine. It's fine. That night, Chris wakes up in the middle of the night and notices in Rose's room, there's like a li- this is like their childhood home. This is Rose's childhood bedroom. Um, there's like a little stuffed animal on the nightstand that he sort of turns away from them. And he notices there's like a little mini sort of trap door to who, who knows what that he sees is open. Um, but he gets up and walks downstairs and he goes outside. We see to um, sneak a cigarette. He hasn't had one this whole day. He wants to smoke. As he goes to light his cigarette, he looks out on the lawn and the groundskeeper, Walter, in the distance. <laughs> it's it's like not funny. It's scary and watching it, but it is so uh, so wild to retell. He is just running full speed <laughs> right at him from a distance with like like blade hands like 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 the most intense uptight like runner running like beelining in a straight line right at him and then right before he hits him he takes a turn and keeps running around the house and chris is like what the fuck was that <laughs> like a bit shaken from it was like that's fucking weird turns around a light pops on in one of the rooms in the house which is a jump scare and it's Georgina. And she is looking. It looks like she's looking out the window. But then we see she's looking in the window reflection. And the light like helped her see her reflection in the window. And she is just like looking at herself. And like touching her face. And looking like from different angles. And just like really taking in her own appearance in the reflection and but because it's a window he can like see her doing this and is sort of like what the fuck is up with these people this is so weird so he walks back inside as he's walking in he walks past missy's office and the light flips on and she's in there and she calls him in to come sit with her um and she's sitting in her little psychiatrist chair drinking tea out of a you know cup and and saucer a little mug and saucer Mm -hmm, with spoon mm -hmm. And she's stirring her tea and asks him, you know, do you smoke around my daughter? Get pulling the protective parent card and being like, you know, it's I don't it's my kid. I don't want you smoking around her. And she's like, you're you're curious how it works, aren't you? You like want to know how it works. She starts to explain hypnosis. Um, and then just starts asking him questions. She's like, where were you? Where were you when your mom died? And it seems like sort of against his own will, he's starting to answer. He doesn't really want to, but he he, he does. He keeps answering her questions. Um, he says, I was at home. I was I was watching TV. Um, he had like for- he had when he's like guessing on how the hypnosis works. He's like, you like dangle a watch in front of their face. And she's like, we do sometimes use focal points. And the whole time it keeps like cutting to her, like stirring her tea and the noise of the like metal on the ceramic cup. And we're getting the sense that this is this is the the focal point and maybe Mm -hmm. why he is. Yeah. A little more unable to resist. Yeah. Yeah. So she's she's asking about where has the death of his mom and where were you? Um, And we're like zooming in on. Yeah. On the like 
saucer and the, and the spoon. And he says he was at home watching TV. Um, it was raining. And she says, can you, can you hear the rain? And he starts to hear it. And the, we start to hear it, the sound of rain. And she says, let me know when you see it. Then he, we see the image of a little kid sitting in front of a TV screen, and he's like, I, I see it. And he's, like, starting to cry as he's describing it. Um, and then he says, I can't move. She leans forward and says, now, sink into the floor. He says, what? She goes, sink. And we see in the image of him as a kid, he sinks through the bed and starts falling in through like what looks like outer space like sort of falling backwards mm -hmm. it's like a void that's and then we get the the like iconic shot from get out which is a close-up on his face and his eyes he's frozen that single fucking tear falling down his eye while he's like panic stricken just wide-eyed and we see then from his perspective as he falls like the room with Missy starts to look like a TV screen that is getting smaller and smaller and smaller as he's sort of like falling away from it. And she leans forward and says, now you're in the sunken place. Closes his eyes and then he wakes up with a jolt in bed. Next morning. And uh, Rose is like showering in the bathroom, looks over to his phone, plugs it into the charger. Um, sort of just is like, that was a fucking crazy dream. Phew. Mm -hmm. Just a dream. Phew. Phew. <laughs> just a God, dream. Just a crazy dream. <laughs> just um, a dream. He then goes and starts to take pictures around the house. He's a photographer. He's got his camera. Um, he's taking pictures of the woods. He looks up. He sees Georgina in one of the upstairs windows in their Rose's bedroom that they're staying in. Sees her up there. Again, just looking at her reflection in the mirror, looking like she's like maybe pulling a wig off mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and she looks out the window, catches him seeing her and he like looks away with the camera, looks back. She's gone. Uh, so at, but then when he turned, he sees that Walter, the groundskeeper, is chopping wood. So he like walks up to him uh, and says like, oh, hey, they're working pretty hard. How huh? trying to just make conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and he turns around. This guy is he also is. I think this so is my good. favorite scene. It's so funny. Do you want to describe it? Yeah. So he 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 turns around. Well, he first like approaches him like he looks mad. And then at the last second, this big smile comes on his face and says, Nothing I don't want to be doing. <laughs> oh, so yeah, he looks like a fucking like his smile and the his whole vibe is like it. It's it's like it, I mean Stepford is a good way to describe it, but it is also like it's like he's like a like a robot, puppet, puppet? like a literal yeah, yeah like animatronic. Yeah. Like he reminds me of like an animatronic character of just like this the holding the smile while you talk. Mm -hmm. Like nothing I don't want to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> and Chris is like, oh, I didn't get a chance to officially meet you. I'm Chris, and he's like, I know who you are. <laughs> She's <laughs> lovely, awful. isn't she? He's like, uh, Rose? Uh, yeah. And he says, top of the line? Cream of the crop? <laughs> so A awful. real doggone keeper. <laughs> it's so funny. And obviously Chris is like, what the fuck is going on? 
I, th- I that's all I wrote down. I just a real dog on keeper. A real, yeah, he's like talking really like old timey and weird. And he's like, uh. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And he's like, well, I better get back to chopping my wood and minding my own business. <laughs> yeah. And then he also, so this is important because he also apologizes for last night. Oh, he's right. like, oh, I'm sorry if my exercise disturbed you last night. Um, he says, you were then in Mrs. Armitage's office oh, for quite right. some time. Yes. And so this is the moment where Chris realizes that it wasn't a dream mm-hmm. because Walter obviously saw him yes. and interacted right. with him. And he's kind of like, yeah, he like is like, oh, I, I must have had more wine than I thought. Like he looks like disturbed by it, but is kind of trying to rationalize. Like, I guess I just got drunker than I yeah, thought. Yeah, maybe I was drunk. Mm-hmm. So then he goes back upstairs to to Rose's room. Rose is in there and he, he goes, to, he pulls out a cigarette and then he says to her, I think your mom hypnotized me last night. And she's like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, darn. We told her <laughs> not, not to. Oh, I'm so sorry. He says, yeah, I, I like I now the thought of the cigarette makes me want to throw up. Like, I, I don't want to smoke. He says, hey, what's what's Walter's deal? <laughs> um, and he, he says he seems hostile. And she's like, that. Well, I don't know. Why would that? Why would that be? And he says, like, is he? Like, maybe he's into you. I, like, his energy to me, it was just off. You know, she asked, what did he say? And he's like, it's not what he said. It's how he said it. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's into you. And she makes a again, joke out like, of it. Makes a joke out of it. Sort of just uh, trivializes his experience. And like, oh, oh, do you think I have a chance with him? Like, ah, me and the groundskeeper. It's so funny <laughs> that you would think that. Um <laughs> And again, so again, like, to sort of like, okay, oh, fine, okay, I'm being crazy. Uh, they sort of like laugh it off and they look out the window and they see cars approaching for the big party. So they get dressed, they go downstairs, and uh, they start meeting everyone. Chris starts being introduced to everyone at the party. These are all white people in their like 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and. <laughs> Immediately, everyone is being very weird. Um, but again, not more weird than is true, which uh, right. is an important part of this movie. Which I feel like it's like, yeah, they're being really weird, but also like not happens. out of the yeah, not it. Yeah. That that was one of the trivia's I read that Daniel Kaluuya was like, I've been to this party. Like this is I oh, yeah. I have experienced this. They're just asking questions as if they've literally never spoken to a young black man before, which is like uh, asking him like how fast he is and feet like a woman like feels his body. And it says, you know, is it true what they say about, uh, you know, is it is it better? Is it better? Uh, and asking I, out, you know, Rose about like sex with a black man. Uh-huh. And Rose looks pretty horrified. She's like, Every oh, time, my God. Yeah. Like this is fucked it's i mean it's like so obviously they're being everyone is being insane and extremely inappropriate and he's sort of taking it in stride is like this is fucking weird but she's horrified it's just one one crazy microaggression after another one guy 
brings up golf and he goes, oh, I just love Tiger. Oh, but I love, love Tiger. Tiger Woods. He, and his wife's like, oh, he loves Tiger. So he loves Tiger. And then another woman just straight up says, black is in fashion now. Mm. It's cool to be black. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So he's like, yeah, obviously very uncomfortable. But yeah, taking it all in stride and just kind of like, mm, yeah. But again, this like, not, told, this you is so, not, told you yeah, so, told you so. This is not not what I thought this party was going to be. Um, So he sort of goes like, ah, I, I'm going to get some air. He goes and starts steps outside to sort of take some pictures of the party. We see through the lens of his camera. He's looking around and he clocks another black man. Uh, at the like food table Mm -hmm. through his camera lens so he walks up to him and he's wearing like a summer suit and a straw hat Um, (laughs) yeah like a linen suit (laughs) and so he chris walks up to him and is like hey man it's i think he even says like it's nice to see another brother here Mm -hmm. or something like that Mm -hmm. and and he turns uh again lakeith stanfield he turns around he's like oh oh Hello. Um, yes. Oh, nice to see you. Um, and it is again like just very weird and stilted and like not how a human and talks. And yeah, obviously, I mean, we've seen we saw him in the opening scene and he is completely different now. Completely different. Now mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, dressed in this weird linen summer suit. His, and his face is shaved. He's acting. Yeah, speaking the way weird. that the other black people that we have met at this house are kind of talking as little Stepford wife puppets. <laughs> Almost to the point where when I first saw this movie, I think it took me a beat to connect that it was the guy from the opening. Yeah, I mean, because I didn't know Lakeith Stanfield yet. Uh-huh. And they, they're like trying to sort of, I mean, it he doesn't make him seem, seem like the same guy. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was another cool thing about rewatching and being like, well, obviously it's Lucky Stanfield because I know who Lucky Stanfield is. But it, I do think at the beginning I wasn't entirely sure for a little while, which is super cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, then this uh, older fucking like 60s white lady walks up to him and is like, honey, honey, there you are, like treating him like they're a couple. And he, he says to her, oh, yes, Chris was just telling me that he feels so much better at this party because I'm here. And, She's like, oh, that's uh, nice. That's so nice. This <laughs> is very weirded out. She's like, okay, yeah, man, n- nice meeting you, and goes to fist bump him. Lakeith, he's like, my name is Logan something. Yeah, he says his name's Logan. Um, but Lakeith then just puts his whole hand over. He shakes Chris's. his fist. <laughs> it's like rock, fist. paper, scissors. Yeah. Shoot. Like Chris is uh, then just super fucking weirded out. <laughs> Walks over more into the woods. Chris does and sees um, there is a man sitting there with a, a cane. He is blind or at least mostly blind. Mm-hmm. Um, and And Chris comes over and sits and this man introduces himself. His name is Jim Hudson. And he says, I'm, I'm a fan of your work. And Chris says, oh, my God, Hudson, like Hudson Galleries. Um, we learn that this man is an art dealer. Um, and he's like, yeah, fucking like irony of I'm an I'm an art dealer and I can't see. He's like I, my my uh, assistant describes work to me. And that's why I decide if it's worth it. Your work is incredible. At least, I you know, I imagine that it is. Um, so they're sort of having a, a sort of nice right, moment the, like most there. normal conversation he's had all day. 
Yeah, and and Chris also is you know excited to meet this person, a gallery owner, and art art dealer that he admires. Um, then after that conversation, Chris goes back into the house and goes upstairs up into Rose's room. And this is where I really think it is so great to not know what the deal is in this movie, because I remember when I first saw this movie, this moment, I was like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> he walks upstairs and the party's going on and they're like, you know, people about the house having little conversations. And as soon as he gets out of sight up the stairs, everyone stops talking and they all turn and they like follow him with their gaze to up where he went. The party just gets silent as if if he's not there the party's not happening it's super unsettling it's so creepy i've forgotten this scene unsettling and again truly not knowing what the fucking deal was like at first i was like is this like some truman show shit like is it like i was like what is happening um he goes upstairs and um sees that his phone is unplugged. He had plugged it into charge because it was low battery and it's unplugged again. And And now I think it's dead. It's dead, yeah. It's dead. Uh, Rose, uh, he like then walks across the hall and like peers and sees Georgina in a room across the hall folding laundry. Rose catches him and is like, oh, there you are. You left me downstairs alone at the party. And he's like, come in here, come in here. And he says, I think... um, I think Georgina unplugged my phone. I like, I think she has a problem with me. And Rose is again, sort of like, what? Why, why would she do that? And he goes, goes to say like some, essentially like some black women don't like it when a black man dates a white girl. And again, she trivializes his feelings and it's like, Oh, you're so just, she likes, she likes you so much. She unplugged your phone. Ha <laughs> Right. Like you're so sexy that she would just yeah, try to. That's what it's about. Ugh. And again, he like, is like, huh, just to like diffuse the situation is like, okay, I get it. I'm being unreasonable. But he plugs his phone in and is able to call, uh, is it Rod? Rod, yeah. Rod. I started yeah. at some point, I started writing Rob in my notes, but I know that that's not what it is. It's Rod. Rod. Um, so he, he calls Rod and sort of checks in, how's the dog doing, tells him that he got hypnotized, and Rob, uh, Rod, sorry, <laughs> Rod is such a great character in this fucking movie, and he is like immediately the only one who's like, you shouldn't be there. This shit is scary and weird. And he starts talking about, um, <laughs> he goes on this whole fucking tirade about Jeffrey Dahmer and how he's like, you shouldn't be there. What if, what if they hypnotize you to be a, a sex slave? Like, you don't know. He's like, what about Jeffrey Dahmer? Nobody went into that thinking that, that sh- they just thought they were going to go there, <laughs> fucking get their dick sucked. And then he's cutting their heads off and they're sucking his dick, but with heads not on. And he just like goes <laughs> this whole fucking thing about Jeffrey Dahmer and how nobody thought that that was going to be their night either when they went there. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, Chris is like, all right, like hangs up on him. Like he's clearly the friend that like nobody really takes seriously. Um, but he might be on to something. <laughs> Uh, as soon as he hangs up the phone, he turns around and Georgina is right there. A bit of a jump scare. Smiling, very like, oh, I wanted to apologize. Um, I, you know, I, there must have been a misunderstanding. 
what happened with your cellular device is <laughs> I was cleaning under under it, and I when I picked it up, it must have come unplugged, and I didn't want to touch it again, so I it just got left that way. There's a, a simple explanation, and is being so deeply unsettling and staring just like right at him and smiling, and he's like, "It's now it's um it's fine." And he says, maybe it's just, I'm on edge sometimes. If there's too many white people around, I get nervous. And she sort of freezes, starts to look all of a sudden really scared, starts to sort of cry, tears are coming from her eyes. Then she starts to smile again. And then she says, oh, no, 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 no. No, no. Oh God, it's the so performance so is creepy. so good. It's so good, and she's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, she about. says that's, that's not my experience at all. That's not my experience. The Armitages have always been so good to me. They've treated me like family. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate it. So he's thoroughly weirded out by her, goes back down to the party, and as he walks outside, one of their party guests asks him, or Dean is like, come on over, meet my friend, like, talk to my friends. Mm-hmm. And one of the guests uh, asks him, like, what do you, do you think it's now an advantage or a disadvantage to be African American in society, or something like that? And at this point, I think he's just like, man, I don't want to fucking do this anymore. <laughs> he clocks uh, Logan, Lakeith Stanfield's character, walking by with his old lady wife. He's uh, like, you take this one. And he's like, hey, man, <laughs> why don't you answer this? He's asking me about what it's like to be... Af- what, he's asking me about the African-American experience. And <laughs> Lakeith starts answering and is like, oh, I guess, I don't know. I mean, we don't leave the house much. And it's just like... Not really answering and being like, I feel no, like it's says, totally fine. Yeah, he says the African ex- American experience for me has been f- overall quite positive. Yeah. <laughs> and like Chris just looks at him like, what the fuck, man? And so Chris goes to sort of like sneak a photo of him with his uh, cell phone because he's being fucking weird as hell. And as he takes the photo, it, it takes it with flash. So flash goes off. So it's all him. And he's like, oh, fuck, like got caught right. taking the picture. Uh, I'm just going to call him Lakeith. Sorry. Uh, Lakeith freezes, stares at him. Blood starts dripping from one of his nostrils. And he whispers, get out. And then he starts lunging at Chris and goes, get out, get out, get the fuck out, get the fuck out. They have to like restrain him. And they start, they restrain him and they like pull him away and he's just screaming. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's so uh, good the first time you see it because you don't know what the hell is going on. And then finally, finally something breaks and you're like, yes, like well, something is fucked up. Something here. is fucked up. But it's also like, they, you know, because he's like at first Chris is like, oh, I'm sorry, because he thinks he's coming at him because he took the picture. But it's just like something is fucking off right well Lakeith Stanfield is also such a good actor and completely changes like changes back into who he was in the beginning and like you see that shift happen right 
before you. He really, I mean, he had, and he has a lot of range. Like some actors, I feel like playing the same thing over and over. And that's great too. Like if you find your thing and you're really good at it, like I feel like Ben Mendelsohn's kind of like that. Like he's great, but he's the same thing and everything. (laughs) Yeah, we love it. I fucking love Ben Mendelsohn. But yeah, Lakeith Stanfield is someone that I feel like is really different in a lot of stuff. And yeah, just has a lot of range. He's great. Like I, I again, like this is the first thing I saw him in. So watching, I mean, I've seen him in so much now because he's he's like he's in fucking everything these days. But uh, I just kept thinking about uh, Atlanta, his character in Atlanta, and watching this and just being like, man, you're all over the place, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, we cut to um, they're in sort of a, the room in the house, Rose and Chris and and Dean. And uh, at, we learned earlier, by the way, Dean is a doctor. He mm-hmm. is a neurosurgeon. a neurosurgeon. So Dean is saying, you know, it, it was a seizure. Uh, seizures can trigger violent reactions in people. The, the, the flash can, can trigger seizures in people. That, that's what it was. And Rose is sort of like, a, that would, a seizure that make you like attack, like randomly attack someone. And... Then out of the office, out of Missy's office, Missy, Lakeith, his old lady wife all come out and he's back to his weird normal self. And Missy was able to calm him down, they say. And he's, I apologize, everyone, for for that uh, outburst. I, I, you know, I I should have that seizure, you know, it just happens that way. And. And the lady's like, and you also shouldn't have been drinking, honey. And he's like, well, yes, I think we're going to we're going to leave you now. And you'll just have to find a way to get on without my wit. And everyone <laughs>, laughs. And oh, uh, they so they leave the party. And as they're leaving, he turns around and says, it's nice to meet you, Chris. And uh, Chris and Rose, then they go on a walk out into the woods. Chris is like. My cousin has seizures. That wasn't a fucking seizure. Like, what the fuck was that? And Rose is like, my dad's a neurosurgeon. If he says it was a seizure, that's what it was. And he's like, I I feel like I know him. Like, she's like, what, you've met Logan before? And he's like, no, but he like, when he came at me, I, it, I like felt like I knew him. And then he says, you know, I think your mom got in my head. I, I like had crazy dreams. I feel fucking weird. She's sort of getting upset that he's maybe like coming at her family uh, or that he's like so on edge. Meanwhile, we like sort of cut back and we see that right before they went on their walk, Dean had been like, hey, why don't we, we need to sort of lighten the, the mood here? This has been weird. Why don't let's let's go. Let's play some bingo. So meanwhile, while they're having this talk in the woods, we cut to and we see Dean standing in the gazebo, like raising his finger it seems like silently leading like an auction mm-hmm. of some sort, not speaking. Cut back. Uh, Chris says to Rose, like, I, I want to go. I, I want to get out of here. She sort of gets upset thinking that he's going to. She's like, without me, want to go without me. And he says, I don't know. Like, uh, up to you. I just I got to go. Cut back. We're on Dean again. The camera pulls back and we see that Dean is standing next to a big framed picture of Chris and putting up fingers as if he's auctioning off. And all of the guests at the party are silently holding up their bingo cards like their little auction numbers. Uh, And finally, uh, the auction, it seems like the auction ends 
And our winner is Jim Hudson of Hudson Galleries. Mm-hmm. Oh, the p- framed picture of Chris it's, just really was an extra. Oh, like yeah. a funeral photo. It's like the that like that big framed yeah. weird on an easel yeah. situation. Um, back in the woods, Chris tells Rose. Um, he was like, you know how I told you that my, um, you know my mom died. I didn't call nine one one the night that she was supposed to come home. She died in that hit and run. Well, she I learned that she survived the initial hit uh, and and it took her several hours to to die. And, you know, he's clearly absolutely racked with guilt. And it's like, I should have done something. I should have called him one. Right. She didn't have to die. There would have been a chance. He was 11. I mean, we know that like this. This is not his fault. This poor kid. But he's like, you know, crying. And he says to Rose, you're all I've got. I'm not going to leave here without you. And she says, we should go. Let's go home. Like, this this fucking sucks. Like, let's go home. I'll come up with some excuse. Like, you and me together. Let's just go. And, you know, they have this sort of coming together moment. So they walk back to the house. It's dark has fallen. Um, the guests are leaving. Some old guy's like, so great meeting you, Chris. Like, again, like, <laughs> Chris is the guest of honor at this party. Um they, as they walk back into the house, Walter and Georgina are standing on the lawn, smiling very creepy at them. Mm-hmm. Then they walk past Missy and Dean, who are smiling very <laughs> creepy at them. Jeremy is playing a fucking, like, banjo on the porch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, leaning again, slowly playing, like, a ping bong, ping bong, bong, bong little banjo song. <laughs> What's that movie? Deliverance. I feel like that's a Deliverance reference. I've never seen Deliverance, Ooh, but I've never seen it. I think that's what that is. <laughs> Let's just say that's what that is. Um, up back in Rose's room, they're like packing, getting ready to go. Chris sends uh, the picture that he had taken of of Logan Lakeith um, to his friend Rod. Rod immediately calls him and is like, "Yeah, that's right." <laughs> and Chris is like, "Why?" He's like, "Yeah, that's right." He's you know you used to hang out with. Tiffany or who it's like he's a guy he's a guy we know right and Chris is like fuck you're right I fucking like knew I knew, it. I, yes. knew him. I knew I knew him that is who it is but let me he's like so fucking different now he's he was there with some old white lady he was being super weird and Rod is like he's a sex slave <laughs> <laughs> sex slave told you sex slave <laughs> um, and as they're having this conversation Chris's battery dies and so the phone call gets cut off. So Chris is now clearly freaked out because he's like, that is a fucking guy we know. He, like, what is happening? He's just so he, packing. He says he's packing. He says Rose comes in and he's like, hey, we need to leave right now. Like, get your stuff. We, we, we got to go right now. She's like, OK. So she leaves, leaves the room to go get her stuff. He sees um, that little trap door in her room open again. It's a jar. So he goes and opens the door and inside it's like a little mini closet of so it's like mm-hmm. just sort of in a little nook in the wall he sees in it a box of old photographs so he opens it he starts looking through them it's like old pictures of rose in high school and then one by one it is a series of couple photos of rose and different black guys one after another after another after another until finally it's one of her and walter the groundskeeper, mm-hmm. 
And then it's one of her and Georgina, the mm-hmm. housekeeper. Mm-hmm. He's very freaked out. Puts the photos down. Rose comes back in. And he's like, hey, um, uh, yeah, can I get the keys so I can put the bags in the trunk? She's like, oh, yeah, of course. Um, like, God, let me find them. They're in the bottom of my bag. It's always impossible to find them. She starts fishing for his key for her keys. And she's like, hey, why don't we do this on the move? Um, so she can like sense his energy is really off. She's like, oh, OK, they they go down the stairs. He is now at the base of the stairs with the bags. She is still all along the stairs searching for the keys. <laughs> they get downstairs. Jeremy is standing, blocking the front door, holding a lacrosse stick. Spinning it. Oh, spinning it so around. Perfect. Or, um, the mom is just like standing, leaning. Missy's like leaning against uh, the doorway. <laughs> Dean is leaned over the fireplace, staring in it, and the fire is reflecting in his glasses. <laughs> and looking at the fire, he goes, "What is your purpose?" Oh, and it, this like? is when Chris is like, "Fuck!" And Chris He's like, is oh. like, Chris is getting more and more freaked out, and is like, "Rose, where are the keys? Rose, the keys." Like, just trying to get her to get the fucking keys. He's freaking out. He's, like, sort of starting to to tear up. Uh, she's like, I'm, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking. And I think at one point, Jeremy, like, lunges at Chris with the lacrosse stick. And, and Chris, like, gets him out of the he's way. He's like, Chris is, Rose, the keys, the keys. Yeah, he goes, Rose, keys, now. And the family all sort of starts, like, closing in on him, just, like, walking up to him. He looks over at Rose and he goes... Where are the keys, Rose? And she's been like crying and freaking out and is like searching and searching. And then her face gets stone cold and she has the keys in her hand. And she goes, you know, I can't give you the keys. Right, babe? Oh, brutal. <sighs> that moment. Oh, that moment. So then he tries to run for it. Of course, what else is he supposed to fucking do? And as, as he goes to run, Missy clangs her little spoon against the glass he freezes, falls back. Unconscious. And then this, unconscious. The shot is so fucking cool. His eyes are still open. Then we then see all of this from like his perspective from above of the whole family grabbing him, carrying him. He's watching it again, almost like it's on a TV screen as he starts falling down mm. into the sunken place um, as they sort of carry him away through the house. Rose says to him, you know, you're my favorite. Uh, Meanwhile, we see Rod (laughs) trying to reach him. He calls him. The phone is dead. So then we see Rod uh, look up Dre, that guy online. He like Googles him and sees that he has been uh, listed as missing for the past six months. So he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, shit. He starts getting like really worked up. Um, or I don't know if we mentioned earlier that Rod is a TSA agent. We like have seen him at work before, um, as a TSA agent, like complaining earlier. He's talking about how he had gotten in trouble for, uh, he's like, why can't it feel up an old lady if I think she might be a security threat? He's like, I'm telling you, the next 9 11 is going to be some geriatric shit. Um, he's just a very specific type of guy. He's funny. He's very funny. So then back at the house, Chris comes to, and we see that he is t- strapped down to a chair, arms and legs strapped down to a chair. This like old armchair in this very creepy all wooden room. Uh, he's sitting across from an old television set and there's like a framed fucking deer head on the wall across from him or like, you know, a taxidermy deer head. 
the video, the TV turns on to the video. And it's this uh, it's old white man talking. And I wrote it down verbatim because I wanted to be sure to get it right. So he's like walking through the, the property, smiling. It's, it's this house's property. Mm-hmm. And he says, you have been chosen because of your physical advantages you've enjoyed for your entire lifetime. With your natural gifts and our determination, we could both be part of something greater, something perfect. The coagula procedure is a man-made miracle. Our order has been developing it for many, many years, and it wasn't until recently it was perfected by my own flesh and blood. And as this is happening, we see he's like on the front porch of the house, and it's this family. It's Dean and Missy and the younger versions of the two kids surrounding him. Oh, and the, his wife, Grandma, says, My family and I are honored to offer it as a service to members of our group. Don't waste your strength. Don't try to fight the inevitable. And who knows? Maybe one day you'll enjoy being members of our family. Behold the coagula. Mm. The video changes to just a close-up of that same mug and saucer and spoon. And Chris passes out again. I thought that was a very fun device to get us the whole deal. Mm Mm-hmm. At least half of the whole deal. We'll get the other half in a minute. Um, then we cut to we see Rod is in um, a detective's office. And uh, it's uh, the detective is a probably, what, 40-ish black woman. And mm-hmm. he's explaining to her that it, he's like, my boy went missing. And she's like, oh, your, your son? And he's like, no, 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 no. My, my friend Chris, 26. He's been missing for two days. And sort of starts explaining the whole thing. He went to go visit his... His girlfriend, his white girlfriend's parents, and uh, he's he hasn't come back. He's supposed to come back two days ago, and I think he's become some sort of sex slave there. And uh, she's sort of listening to him. Then we he, she brings two other people in her office. Sort of cut to two other detectives behind her, and he's explaining the whole same story. And he's like really getting into it. And he's like, she, the mom hypnotized him. I think it's a thing where they hypnotize black guys. This other guy went missing. Hypnotized black guys. They turn him into sex slaves. Some sort of crazy shit happening over there. And it seems like they're all really listening and like taking it in. And then they all start laughing. And she's like, didn't I? Don't say I never did anything for you guys. They're having like a fun (laughs) moment between the three of them of this like crazy guy telling his wild story. So uh, and he's going on about he's like, I'm TSA. So I have the same training as you guys. I I know what's up. I've I've got my TSA skills on this. Um, But they do not take him seriously at all, which is. Uh, so I really love how much Rod is the wildest person in this movie, but he fucking like nails it mm-hmm. almost. Yeah, in, Rod like, is the smartest person <laughs> in the room. He's like, I think these white people hypnotize my friend, and they're like taking black men to their <laughs> house to do things. Um, so he tries to call Chris again. I think he calls Chris's phone, and Rose picks up, and she. We see her. She is, you know, she's been done up now. She's wearing like all white and has her hair up in a little ponytail and is very expressionless right her demeanor has completely changed her voice sounds very emotional she's like chris is that you and he's like no it's 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 rod uh you know chris is supposed to be back two days ago Uh, he's not answering his phone she's like oh what chris left chris left here two days ago we we got in a fight and and he took a cab and he left and, and i haven't heard from him and acting like she's the, you know, the distressed girlfriend. 
and uh, Rod is like, oh, 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 okay, okay. Oh, hold on, let me put you on hold for a second, and <laughs> puts her on hold, and then is like, or puts her on mute, and is like, oh, she's fucking lying, she's crazy, she, okay, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna record her, I'm gonna record, I'm gonna get her, I'm gonna, record. she's gonna bound to say something, she's bound to start lying, I got her, I got her, something's up, and he like goes to record, and he unmutes, and uh, he thinks he's fucking got her, and. He says, Rose, what 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 cab company did you say that he used? And she immediately changes and goes, I know what you're calling, Rod. You've you need to stop this. You need to stop hitting on me. You've always wanted me. You've always wanted to fuck me. And he's like, What? No, no. He's <laughs> like, <laughs> like starts freaking out and immediately hangs up. And he's like, bitch, it's fucking genius. Um, which is just very funny how quickly he like gets what she's doing and it's like fuck I got outsmarted damn it <laughs> um, and we see like her entire family was watching her take this phone call they fucking know the drill they they like got this all planned out I just want to say what's really weird to think about is that when you're watching the movie obviously now Allison Williams has turned into a completely different character but what's so fucking weird is that like I guess this is just supposed to be just her right, natural right. self she's like this the, I was thinking that too because because her performance when she is on the phone is so weird and fucking creepy and I'm like why doesn't she just act normal and then I was like oh this is her normal this is like this is her this is the real her she's finally like stopped having to do the act which was the rest of the movie mm-hmm. which was Being, like, her sweet and a, and and you start to realize too like. The choosing of Chris was so strategic, like the fact that he is an orphan, which mm-hmm. means he doesn't have family coming after him. And he has this trauma that they can use to get him hypnotized. Like it all it and she fucking played him like they all did. But she more than anyone. Oh, yeah. OK, so then Chris comes to again and the TV turns back on. And it is Jim Hudson, the gallery owner. And this and now we get this is not a video. This is like a footage they're Live. seeing each other mm-hmm. yeah um he has had this been shaved he's in a hospital gown and he says to chris uh, i'm supposed to answer any questions you have our common understanding helps with the success of the process and chris doesn't say anything he's like yeah you give fuck all about that well let me just tell you phase one was the hypnotism and he says it's psychological pre-op, if you will. And Chris says pre-op. And he says, yeah, for phase three, which is the transplant. Uh, and basically explains we're going to transplant part, not all, of your brain. Your existence will be as a passenger. I'll control your motor functions. But you will live in. And then Chris says the sunken place he's like yeah that's what she calls it <laughs> oh yeah oh. sunken place it's like the scariest possible it's thing so to be trapped scary. in your own body with no control over your own body Ooh, I'm like getting oh. chills just thinking about it even though i already watched it today and uh, wrote down these notes yeah um, and this is where we like put together that that this is like that walter and georgina the mo or the moment where georgina was crying that's obviously the Who real person inside momentarily getting a little bit of control of the body. And yeah, I was also thinking about like when people are like 
secretly awakened surgery and you don't know it's like a similarly uh, like uh, like that being like trapped within your own body without being oh my god it's one of yeah one of the scariest things i can it's the scariest fucking thing it's so fucking scary it's like i don't know what i ever thought the ending of this movie was going to be the first time i saw it but this is scarier like <laughs> without a doubt this is scarier um uh and chris asks why us why black people? Which I think is a like, he doesn't say why me. He says, why us? Mm-hmm. And Jim says, I don't know. Some people just want to change. They want to be faster, stronger, cooler. And as he's saying this, Chris is seeing flashbacks of the people at the party, like, you know, touching his biceps and being like wanting to be around him. Uh, and Jim says, Adult, but I please don't let me in with all that. Me, I could don't let me in with that kind of bad. Me, I could care. I could give a shit what color you are. What I want is deeper. I want your eye. Um, and then he says to someone off camera, "I'm done," and they turn the video off. And we also, at this point, I guess, realize that uh, Walter is Rose's grandpa because he's the the runner Mm -hmm. i think it cuts to him when he says some people want to be faster and so we like knew that he was Mm -hmm. a runner and lost to jesse owens yeah and so now that's why he's like running around at nighttime like a fucking freak (laughs) running around getting it all in loves to run around um so yeah so then we we see chris is left in that in that room the video has ended he he has been sort of like absentmindedly like clawing at the chair that he's sitting in this whole time, looks down and sees some fuzz uh, that has like come out of the old armchair. Um, cut to time has passed. He's still in that room. We see like the- uh, Dean like prepping for surgery. Yes, we see. Yeah. Uh, and, and now we've assumed they're in the basement. This is like yeah. there, there was no black mold. <laughs> this is the basement suite. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, Dean is, is prepping for surgery. Chris then is back in the room and a video comes on the screen of the, again, tea mug and little spoon. He says like, oh, no, no, no. Passes out. Um, so, yeah, now Dean is in the operating room with uh, with. Jim, who is unconscious, uh, ha- there's like ugh, that God, little so gross. Yeah, he's got of- like a a thing or like a screen around his like face and body, and then behind, just the like scalp is exposed. And Dean Ew. is back there, getting ready to cut his fucking head open. Jeremy is his uh, assistant. <laughs> I doubt he has the medical training, I was training, gonna say, Jeremy whatever. seems like such a shitty assistant. <laughs> I would not count on that. But I guess you gotta keep your circle small. So, uh, fucking Dean cuts Jim's head open and takes his... We see him, like, take a circle-sized skin thing and, like, throw Ew. it in the trash next to him. Gross. Jeremy then goes to takes like we see him like wheeling an empty wheelchair out of the room. He's clearly going to collect Chris goes in the room where Chris is in. Uh, Chris is passed out. He unhooks his unstraps his wrists and his legs. Turns around to like check on the IV bag. bag on the wheelchair. And we see Chris's hand grab a big fucking like bocce ball and slam Jeremy in the head with it once 
twice. Jeremy is unconscious on the ground, blood pooling out of his head, and we see Chris pull Fuzz from that armchair out of his ears. Smart. Nice, Chris. Uh, (laughs) Earbuds. What do you call that? Earplugs. 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 (laughs) Um, So we're like, oh, fuck. Yes, it is on. Although at this moment, even though I've seen the movie before, I was like, don't take them out yet. (laughs) Never take them out. Um, Then we see Dean like pokes his head at at Derek. Dean calls out of the room like, Jeremy, like, need him. I've already cut open this fucking guy's head. <laughs> um, and I think we see him. He, like, t- then takes the skull off. We see, like, oh, no, we see him, like, he take drills. a fucking power drill and, like, drills into this fucking dude's head. You don't really see it, but you know what happened. But, yeah, then he throws um, the skull into the trash can. Then he yeah, throws the skull into the trash can. So then he's like, Jeremy walks out like peers his head down the hall being like where the fuck is my son with that man I'm trying to operate on and he gets impaled in the fucking throat with the Chris took the full deer head off the wall from that room and uses the whole fucking thing to impale it him. looks like he gets impaled like many places it's like the, I mean, all the, the antlers antler. all the antlers the so it goes in antler. throat chest stomach and he is bleeding killed by the animal that he hates the most those deer killed coming back for revenge <laughs> time killed big time and as he falls he like knocks a candle over they had a lot of candles in their operating seems wrong <laughs> But they did. And so as he falls dying, uh, Candle gets knocked over. Also, at this point, Chris is fucking out for blood. Like, Oh, hell yeah. He's he, at that point. I mean, we talked about it in Hush, where you hit that point of like, this is it, baby. Balls to the wall. This is it. No hesitation. No fucking remorse. Doing whatever he has to do. Fucking Go. This like, is always my zero favorite thought. part of all horror movies. Oh my is god! When the protagonist rules. reaches this point, and you're just oh, like, oh, he's yeah. just ready to kill <laughs> anyone who crosses his path without like no fucking mercy. These people are all about to die. <laughs> um, he wa- and again, he's also like he's not moving like a scared person. Like he's not tiptoeing around. He's just like going he doesn't even grab a weapon. To- I mean, he throws down no. the antler head and he just walks upstairs. Which I was like, he, he, he doesn't get weapon, man. Same. <laughs> he doesn't take the bocce ball. He beats him with the bocce ball and is like done. Gets the <laughs> antler, stabs him. Done. Like no, just fucking going. Walks upstairs, sees Georgina uh, <laughs> knitting in the kitchen. She sees him and is like, oh, and like runs out of the room. <laughs> He grabs his cell phone. It was like on the counter in there. He grabs his fucking cell phone, walks towards the door where Missy's office is. She sees him. She's covered in blood, by the way. She sees him. He sees her. They're on opposite sides of the room. In the middle of the room is the fucking saucer with the spoon. They both clock it. And then they both lunge for it. He knocks it off the table, smashes it. They sort of stand there in a moment of staring at each other like, let's fucking go. She grabs a letter opener, stabs it through his hand, and he just keeps. He like, his yeah, he like puts there. his hand up to block it, and it just goes through the center of the palm of his hand. And he doesn't even fucking flinch. <laughs> she doesn't fucking flinch. Is still using his strength, just like push against her. She's trying to get it. She like almost gets it to his fucking eye, and he uses it to slice 
her fucking throat. He uh, like maneuvers his hand around and uses it. Yeah, uses like, that same weapon to kill her. Oh, it slices her throat, and then it's still in his hand. I'm pretty sure, but he killed her. She's dead. And so he goes to the he goes to the front door to walk out the front door. And then Jeremy, my boy, wasn't dead, <laughs> comes up behind him, puts him in a fucking headlock. They're doing like a back and forth. Chris is like so, so, so close to getting the doorknob. Can't get the doorknob. Jeremy's trying to knock him out. So I think this is a little unclear, but I think he still has a letter opener in his hand and he uses it to stab Jeremy in the knee. Yeah. And this part is even I feel like this is this is when all of the little you know breadcrumbs that were dropped earlier start like all coming together and so even mm -hmm. this is like a callback to their jujitsu talk because yeah because he had said you use jujitsu is great because you use their body weight against them and like you see chris kind of like calculate in his head and like he's he's remembering jeremy's movements and he sees that he's going to kick the door closed each time every time he lunges forward and he's not able to overpower him so he like he gets a few steps ahead of him and does it again so that when jeremy goes to kick the door closed he then can stab him in the leg it's great so it's so fucking good <laughs> so then he's down so he goes uh he takes uh, Jeremy's keys out of his pocket then so he can go take his car and go cut to. Then we see Rose <laughs> sitting on her bed. She is drinking a glass of milk, a tall glass of milk with a straw and eating dry Fruit Loops. Mm hmm. Looking with headphones in, listening to music, la -di -da -di -da, not paying attention She's to a single thing. She's listening to Dirty Dancing, right? I think something I like that. The time of my I don't think life. it's that yes. song, but it's like that vibe. Is it that song? I, I think, think it, it is, is that, that song. song. Maybe it is. Oh, yeah. I think I it is that song. Yeah, okay. She's like just eating fucking dry, fruity cereal. It's looking up genius. Genius. Pictures of black athletes. Oh, God. Presumably searching for her next Target. person. Yeah. Just having a regular old night, uh, but not hearing what's going on because she is doing that um chris gets in the car starts driving he calls 911 from the car and i believe this is the same car that we saw at the beginning yes. that lakeith was pulled into mm -hmm. this is jeremy's white car um and so there is a line calling. actually when he's talking to uh uh the art dealer guy through the little tv screen he says <gasps> yeah. you're one of the lucky ones i hear jeremy's wrangling methods are a lot more unpleasant so we see that the way that rose kidnaps these men is by dating them and the way and jeremy just straight up kidnaps i don't them. honestly i don't know that that's i don't know that uh, that's better yeah i don't know that that's better either <laughs> one is like also emotionally traumatizing as well Be as dating a woman for five months and say that you love her and then she doesn't see you. i don't <laughs> know i don't know it's also such a long con it's also five months versus like 15 minutes yeah seems. but i guess you have to i guess the deal is like she can curate her uh victims mm -hmm. um Ugh, God, it's gross. Um, okay, so yeah, he calls him one from the car. Um, but as he's sort of driving off the property, we sort we see Georgina run in front of the car, get hit by the car, and he drives past her, stops the car, and we see him have this flash of sitting in front of the TV, 
knowing that he didn't call 911 when his mom was dying. And he's like having this battle with himself. He's like, just fucking keep driving. Just keep driving. Just keep driving. I can't do it. So he opens the car. He goes back to get her. She's like knocked out. Uh, and he puts her, straps her into the passenger seat and then keeps driving. Rose emerges from, we see she's like, as this was happening, as she got hit by the car, she's like, we see her sort of hear that something's going on. So she comes downstairs. We see her in the doorway holding a fucking shotgun <laughs> with flames behind her. Like the house is fucking burning up at this point. <laughs> and she holds a shotgun out and we hear her go, Grandma. <laughs> Um, so that's who Georgina is Mm -hmm. and as Chris is driving with Georgina in the passenger seat Georgina comes to turns to him and screams you ruined my house (laughs) (laughs) that's what she's mad about this grandma's mad that he burned her house down she lunges for him which makes him swerve he hits a tree she dies um, and in the crash, her wig comes off and we see that scar line all the way around her skull where her fucking brain was cut open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris exits the car. I mean, he's fucking way beaten up at this point. Starts trying to limp away. Rose from behind is then shooting at him with a shotgun, uh, getting closer and closer. <laughs> Then we see Walter fucking run past super fast. He loves to run. And she says, get him, Grandpa. (laughs) He uh, tackles Chris. And in doing so, Chris is on the ground and manages to get his cell phone out of his pocket, takes a photo. So the flash goes off because he has learned from earlier that this is maybe a thing that like snaps people too. Walter sort of freezes. Gets up. At this point, Rose has reached them with the shotgun. Walter turns to Rose and says, let me do it. She gives him the shotgun. He turns around and shoots her straight through the fucking stomach. It's the worst spot. Uh-huh. Bad the spot. The worst spot. The worst She's spot. She's shocked. She can't believe it. She's so shocked. <laughs> How could this have happened to her? Uh, me? <laughs> I was just eating my Froot Loops. Then he turns around, looks at Chris, and quickly takes the gun, shoots himself up through the throat and through his head and kills himself. You got to. I mean, there's Rose, no fucking other. You've got there's to. no. Once you realize that's your deal, you, you've. you've I got know. It. That's why I'm like, let yeah. Georgina. Like, that's why it's even more misguided for him to have made that little Georgina misstep. I know, I know that. I, I know that it's he was. It was not about he that. He thought there's maybe part of some her in. The, uh, yeah, it's about he had, had to make the choice to get her. Um, but Rose is still alive and she starts crawling towards the shotgun. I mean, she's very injured. Um. Chris is limping towards it. He gets to the shotgun first or gets to her first. He like knocks it out of the way. She's looking up at him. Yeah. She looks up at him and she's like, I'm so so sorry. I I love you. I I love you. And he starts to choke her with his bare hands. And she is choking and starting to die. And she's she's looking up at him and goes from being like (gasps) scared and choking and then breaks into this evil fucking smile. It's so creepy. Oh, I hate it. But I mean, it's genius. Genius decision here. (laughs) Genius. Boy, Uh, oh boy. Then he stops 
and we see but we're like looking at him and on our on on their faces we start to see the red and blue police lights um we see a cop car pull up and she is like oh help Oh, hell. <laughs> right. Like this cop is pulling up on a black guy, literally with his on top hands, of a white woman covered in blood. He's covered in blood. Hands were just around her throat. He doesn't know how long she's been there. And you just like your heart fucking sinks at this moment. It's so fucking devastating. And he he immediately stands up and puts his hands up like he fucking knows what this is. Then. The car door opens. We see airport. On it. <laughs> and it is Ron! <laughs> and I've never been happier ever. MVP of the movie, MVP Ron. <laughs> and Chris gets up. He limps over to the car. Gets in the car. They sit down. There's a moment of silence. And Rod tries to him and he goes, I mean... Told you not to go on that house. <laughs> Chris asks, how did you find me? And he says, I'm T.S. motherfucking it. We handle shit. <laughs> it's the and best then line. they drive away. We see Rose laying in the ground, dying as she watches them drive away. Close up on Chris's face. That's very, very... Bone chilling song from the intro is playing. Cut back to Rose on the ground. Credits. Bravo. <gasps> Bravo. Ooh. Bravo. Oh, it's so good. And we had in that uh, horror noir documentary, they had said as well that the, that the original ending to get out was going to be it really is the cops. Yeah. Uh, and that after testing it and in the current moment that it came out of fucking Trump being president and things being what they are, Jordan Peele decided to change it to make it not, not that. I think everyone had that same reaction to the cop coming up of being like, the device, you don't feel he good. doesn't even have to get him arrested. Yeah. He doesn't even, it doesn't even have to end that way for you to go. Oh no. Right. And, and yes, he is standing over a woman's body and he's covered in blood. But I was thinking about even like Hush or Ready or Not, two movies we've done that end with like Ready or Not. She killed a bunch of people. (laughs) And when the cops Mm -hmm. show up at the end of the movie, you're not worried for her for a fucking second. Right. Mm -hmm. You never would be. And so Mm -hmm. I I, like I'm so curious if there is a single person who has watched this movie who doesn't think cops are like it's just like didn't connect. the Yeah. Like. That is the real horror is like we've seen what this person has been through. And then, you know, that if it really is the cops, he's so fucked. Right. And that he doesn't even it doesn't even have to end that way for you to still know it. And for that moment to still be so effective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think Jordan Peele was like, I think people are sick of seeing black people also on screen being treated like pieces of shit Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Like, even though that does be our like hero for lack of a better term final girl mm -hmm. like uh i read in that vulture um oral history of of this movie that jordan peele had said he wanted to do for this movie for to make it for black people what like rosemary's baby was for women of showing like what it's like 
yeah. the real horror yeah. of the world being against you and not telling you the tr- truth and like manipulating you in that way. And for that reason, I think we nef- we need him to be the hero. I was super reminded um, of Rosemary's Baby um, while watching this this time, actually. And I do remember reading that Rosemary's Baby is Jordan Peele's favorite movie. So that makes sense. Well, that's that's the, the beauty and genius of this movie is it does all these things that no movie has done before, which if you had just asked me pre-2017, has a movie done this before? I would be like, yeah, the movie must have done this before. But like having no sympathetic white characters at all, mm-hmm. like that just is they unheard take of. the one they gave you Movies. right out from under you. <laughs> well, and I think a thing too in rewatching, which again is is probably colored by uh, knowing how it ends, and also that it's 2021, not 2017, which I was an adult in 2017, so I... Sh- I, this is my fault for not knowing better, being more aware, and I have more awareness yet to come in my life. But um, she's not good <laughs> up until this point, right. right? Like, she definitely is more sympathetic, but she is she's not being good to him. Right. And, and that is so much more clear, even from their first conversation and in, in rewatching it. And I guess if you don't know that there's so much bad to come, it's probably easier to watch and go like, well, she, you know, she's just she's playing with her boyfriend how anyone would of like, oh, I'm, you know, you, I'm flirting with the groundskeeper. Ha ha ha. But it's so it's that like very sinister white liberal. I'm not the problem. Right. Mentality right. that um is a big fucking problem. It is a big problem. Mm -hmm. Emily, thank you so much for taking the reins on that one. I just did it. I didn't mean to just do it. No, it was great. I just couldn't stop talking. You did a great great. job. I just couldn't stop. You did a great job. Um, I'm so happy that we finally did this movie. Me too. One more little thing I want to point out is also rewatching it, knowing what exactly like the twist is at the end. The actors the black actors who are playing like they're old white people it's like so on point i'm like my grandmother (laughs) definitely sounds like that like she Uh, talks like that i forgot to mention yeah one moment where um when she's apologizing for not plugging in the or unplugging the phone where he's like you know i I wasn't trying to snitch and she goes snitch oh yeah and he's like yeah rat you out and she goes because she's fucking old and she doesn't know the word snitch also talk about presumed innocence her excuse where she thinks like this'll this'll convince him like i just wanted to Um, explain how i was cleaning under your phone there was no funny business (laughs) it's so such an insanely obvious lie but she says it with such confidence and like of course someone would believe her even though it's literally such an obvious lie (laughs) exactly it's like old white ladies do that kind of shit all the time start saying that i'd be like yeah uh uh-huh sure i get i get get, you you were cleaning under my phone normal okay yeah grandma fine fine fine. um yeah no a Uh, second a rewatch is so great also the moment where she stands up for him to say like you can't see his id is like not in his defense it's so that he like doesn't have a trail to her house so like everything upon a rewatch takes on a new meaning mm -hmm. and uh Mm -hmm. there's one other part like uh 
um, Bradley Dean, the dad saying like, when my mom and dad died, I couldn't stand to let them go. Like it's uh, originally mm-hmm. you're thinking he means Walter and Georgina. And now we know he means his mom and dad are in those bodies. <laughs> oh yeah. And at one point when he, he walks into the kitchen and Georgina standing there on the tour, he's like, my mom loved this kitchen so much, so we keep a part of her mm-hmm. here. And it's like, literally, you literally do. <laughs> and this lady. It's so fun. There's so many, like, literally really every is line is probably uh, foreshadowing. And so it's a very good rewatch. It's, it's a very, it's a very good. Re- it might be better than an original watch. I think it might watch. be, yeah. It might be. Mm-hmm. Though that initial watch is also really <laughs> <great>. <laughs> Oh, okay. Should we say goodbye in Stepford Voices? Yes. Yes, let's do that. From all of us here at Too Scary Didn't Watch. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yuck. Thanks for listening to another episode of Too Scary Didn't Watch. If you enjoyed yourself, head on over to Apple Podcasts, where you can rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We're also on Twitter and Instagram at TSDW Podcast, as well as patreon.com slash TSDW Podcast. Our patrons get access to two bonus episodes a month, as well as other fun extras like trailer reactions and bingo cards. We love you guys. See you next week.